Real Connection. A podcast of real stories that connect us to know we're not alone. A series where you might realise your experience is more common than you think. Hello and welcome to the Real Connection podcast with me, Kelly Payne. Um, So before I introduce Kathleen, who I'm talking to, I want to stress that autism does not define you. Autism does not mean you're broken and it doesn't mean that you can't achieve great things. Kathleen herself is a wonderful, creative, loving and well-accomplished lady and we're going to talk about how it has impacted her life. Me and Kathleen have been friends for years now and we've never actually discussed her autism that much because it just simply doesn't define her. She's so much more than her autism but she came forward to me to say that she was interested in getting the word out there about what autism really is and how you can help someone with autism. So here we go. Real Connection uh, so, welcome Kathleen. Um, so, please introduce yourself to all of our listeners, just all the primary things like your age, interests, just so that they can get a little bit more about the feel of about who you are. Yes, so my name is Kathleen. I am a broadcast media graduate from the University of Brighton, which is where I met the lovely Kelly, of course. <laughs> and um, so, I am 26 years old, and um, my aim is to one day work in the industry, whether that's film, TV, or radio. And also, I've got a disability, which is autism. Fantastic. Welcome, Kathleen. Uh, thanks so much for being here today. Um, so, today we're going to be talking about your autism and just your, your, just your experience in the hopes, because I, I know you reached out to me in the hopes to get more awareness about, about autism. So, here we go. So, in your own words to begin, what is autism? There's different types of autism um, because obviously people see it for, from different perspectives. Um, for me in particular, so I've got one that's called it's part of your um, learning difficulties so that is speech and language uh, for example if someone would say to me why can you do this can you do that sometimes i just wouldn't have a clue what on earth you know is all about and also my emotions can get let's just say a little tricky sometimes i can get stressed i panic i worry i cry um i get angry i get sometimes i have my happy days and then there's times where i just want to be left alone because i'm either feeling stressed or i'm quite tired um and yeah so some people have way more more, like they have to use sign language in order to actually be able to understand um what people have to say so yeah so it's it's all different really no that's really interesting it's it's great to hear it from somebody's perspective who has the condition you know Um, so my understanding from your explanation is that there's a whole spectrum of different levels of autism. Some yeah. people have um, very mild symptoms and some have very severe symptoms. Um, what's, what's, what, where would you say on the spectrum that you are? Would you say you're sort of average in the middle? Are you quite, is your autism quite severe? Does it completely overtake your everyday life? So I'm in the middle because obviously I can actually talk and I'm not that sort of person where you would take one look and go, oh no, you can, you definitely have the disability because with girls, it's a bit more of a struggle to actually realise that you have it. Um, for me, I actually ran in my siblings. So my brother's got it as well. Um, and he was diagnosed first. And my mum was like, right, we're going to get you diagnosed as well. Turned out exactly the same. We don't know where it came from. We don't know if it's, 
you know, maybe the dad's side of the family, we have no clue where it came from. We just know that it ran siblings um, because my mum doesn't have it. We're not sure my dad does, um, but yeah, we honestly, we have no clue where it came from. But um, yeah, I definitely say that I'm more average, I think, because for me, like I said earlier, it's more to do with my speech and language. So my comprehension, for example, can get uh, confusing. So if I'm reading a book, unfortunately, it will take me about a year to literally read the entire book because obviously small writing is not a good thing for me to actually um, understand. And I prefer pictures, but with writing, unfortunately, it's not a good sign. No, definitely. I'm, I can say that um, I can relate to that level because I'm a visual learner also and I find it much easier to see pictures and see words. When you're, when you're reading, is it like, um, would you describe it to be similar as what people describe dyslexia to be, where they get scrambled or you see like black spots and is it like that? It's more of the case of, if it's simple, so if it says, I went to a park with my dog and ate a sandwich, let's say, that I can do. But if it's more of telling a natural story, sometimes I'd read it and I'd go, but wait, what did happen? You know, like, because obviously I can't see it and I can't visualise and imagine what's actually going on, it makes it a bit more harder to go, oh, now that makes a bit more sense. <laughs> right, I think I understand a bit better now. Um, so at what age were you diagnosed with autism and what did you have to go through? What was the process in order to get that diagnosis? Was it loads of interviews and meetings and chats? Um, did you have to do any anything at all? So um, I think obviously, I think from what I can remember, I was at the age of 11, 12. Um, I was in secondary school and um, I went to this learning support area and I met my learning support and she says, right, you've got this thing called, called autism. And from then I had to have people in my lessons just to help with my um, learning and make sure that I know what to do with, with my work. Um, my brother had to meet this lady um, or somebody who had to, because that's where he got diagnosed first. and. I went along and then because um, I got tested out I think I had to do some some sort of um, things so I think one point it was something to do with balancing others was to do with written um, and like vocabulary and things like that just to kind of realize what it was luckily I didn't have any like jabs or anything to do with my bloodline but um, yeah, so I think when I was in primary school, I was taken out of lessons, but I didn't quite understand the reason why. And then obviously it wasn't until I got a bit more older where it got to about 11 or 12. And then I remembered that I got more explained of what it was. And then I like it's still every single day, I still look at it and I'm still learning more things about what I can do, what I can't do. But at the same time, you know, you just got to do one step at a time and slowly it will get better yeah absolutely I think that's a fantastic way to describe it I've um I worked at a, tr a popular trampoline park before and uh, we had autism sessions so um it wasn't like we turned the music off like there wasn't so many sensory things going on around so it was a lot easier to manage and, and still have the opportunity for people with autism to come and have a good time 
Um, and it was interesting uh, why, why it's so exciting to learn more about through you, about someone who has the condition, is because it is so different in each person. Everyone communicated differently. Everyone reacted differently to different things, you know, and everyone um, achieved different levels of confidence at, in their own pace. And so that's why I think it's so important to have people like you talking about, you know, your whole experience and what happened. Um, yeah. Looking at the NHS side, they state that autistic people may find it hard to communicate and interact with other people might find it hard to understand how other people think or feel, find things like bright lights or loud noises overwhelming, stressful or uncomfortable, get anxious or upset about unfamiliar situations and social events, take longer to understand information, do or think the same things over and over. Do these suggestions relate to your experience with autism? And can you expand on how you respond and cope when these things happen? So. What I'm really asking is that, um, is there anything of the things I've just described that relate to you? And also, how do you cope when those things become very distressing? Like, what are your coping mechanisms? So, for example, when I get stress, um, I, find, I find that colouring is a really good way to settle my nerves. Um, even if I just spend at least an hour or so just colouring, um, but also, like, if I put a TV show on or a film that I absolutely adore, um, it could just really just distract me. I love going out on dog walks as well, and um, or sometimes just listening to music as well, and just you know hiding away in my bedroom and just um, find things that can just relax. But I do repeat a lot, and um, and yeah, it's like sometimes I have to try and find things that can help with the nerves so for example if I don't like certain now music um, I have to either get earplugs or I have to literally just cover my ears and walk away same for fire alarms same for um, so discos and parties you know weddings I have to have earplugs I have to like walk out the room um, but then the thing is is that I can do fireworks and I can do parades but then it's because if I'm at Disney and I'm enjoying myself you know it's a distraction so I don't even realize um but also it makes me so happy so it's a good thing to have really um but there has been times where I can get my ears can just feel like they're burning and they can really badly hurt but I know that that's because of um, in a certain situation where I am, it may just make, might make me feel a bit uncomfortable. So I have to realise, I go, okay, um, it will go off in a few minutes, like it will disappear and I won't have to worry about it anymore. We do have that at work as well. So I have to like be with the customers and just go, okay, just wait for a few minutes. Let me cover my ears. They say that's absolutely fine. And then it stops and then I just carry on. Yeah, so distraction, comfort, and just taking yourself out of that situation. I think now you've come to a time in your life where, you know, you've had this condition your whole life and you've learned what triggers you and when you're reaching that point of distress and, and how to deal with it. So I think that's fantastic. I know I can relate to some level in the sense that when I'm watching TV with my parents, you know, something that I'm not very fond of or something that makes me feel a bit anxious, 
um, and, the, and the TV is quite loud because they uh, have more hearing difficulties than I do, I could sometimes feel it really overwhelming. I don't feel, I don't have any pain in my ears or a ringing sensation, but I just feel really overwhelmed by, by the loudness of it, even though it's not that loud. However, it's a program that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, I'm used to, like, like I'm a lover of a Disney film, you know that. Then I can totally watch it at that same level. I find that so interesting. I'd love to one day learn the science behind that as well. Um, but it's fantastic to, to learn all this from you. Um, so as we've read, um, people with autism often find it harder to build relationships. However, from my experience with you, you're a fantastic friend and you appear easily to approach people and grow relationships. Is that right or do you struggle? Because I'm a very, very sociable and chatty person, I think for me, what makes me happy is to meet friends. Um, I do sometimes have to um, tell them that I have it because if I'm in a situation, let's say I'm going shopping or I'm at the cinema and something's making me feel a bit uncomfortable, I have to tell someone to go, right, I have to disappear for a little bit. It's, it's not you, it's just for me to calm down a little bit. Um, and then obviously they just take me away from like the place that we're at. And then once I've calmed down, I could go back again. Um, and yeah, I honestly, I just, if I have something in common with someone, so for example, Disney, it's just brilliant because I can just tell them how much I love it. And then they go, oh yeah, I love that bit as well. And um I love going to places uh, with my friends for like London and with university, I, it gave me the opportunity to meet new people who basically have become like a little family to me. I mean, yes, I haven't seen them in like so long, like for you, for example, as well. But at the same time, you know, you guys are always there if I need some kind of help and that's brilliant. So um, yeah, you've all become like sisters and brothers to me, which is really lovely. Oh, that's so lovely. No, you're definitely like a sister to me. I know that if I have any troubles, any worries, or just need some advice, or just to see how your day's going for a bit of distraction or something like that, I know that you're always there. So that's really lovely. Um, so um, many autistic people have what I would call gifts. Now, apart from being the wonderful person that you are with or without <laughs> your autism, um, like... Um, some gifts that I would say like fantastic memory or they're fantastic at maths like they're like a genius um, have you been gifted with any special talents as I would call it memory my I love my memory so much um, I can still remember things from childhood from holidays because literally looking back on photos and videos I go oh yes I remember that um, <laughs> even though my parents would completely forget about it it's quite funny actually and they go oh, I don't remember that. And I go, yeah, but I still do. And also if my mum's like popping out to the food shop, I'd be referred to go, right, don't forget this, don't forget that. And then sometimes she'll pop in there and she'll be like, what did I forget? And then I tell her like that straight away and she knows exactly. And same for like dance routines. When I used to do musical theatre at college, I would remember all of that. Um, and like day trips out, I would just remember, so... And also like with scripts. So when I did um, musical theatre back in the day, I was reading um, scripts and people would still be learning their lines. For me, I'd read about 10 times and then just know it off my heart. And my teacher, I remember when I was at college, my teacher took one look at me and he, and he was like, you knew that, don't you? Like, you know it off by heart. And I go, 
Yeah. <laughs> I know I used to do musical theatre as well. I think we've spoken about it before and gosh, it would take me so long. My memory is so poor. That's why I need people like you in my life. Just as an estimate, what is your, how old is your earliest memory, do you think? Um, pretty much all of my Disney trips I can remember. Um, I, me- I remember my Florida one as well. Italy, all the places I've been to. So that's Italy, Germany, France, Egypt. Um, I can just literally just remember the places that I went to. And it's amazing. Like I could literally just get a map and just pinpoint all the places that I've been to because I can remember the places. How old do you think you were when you when you first went on the holiday that you remember? The first time I went to Australia, I was about, I think I was about six years old. That's incredible. That's so, I don't remember anything from being six years old. Um, No, what a a fantastic gift. Um, So only um, answering if you're comfortable to do so. Can you tell me about the things that you find really hard to deal with that are enhanced because of your autism? And what is your response when this happens? Do you have a panic attack? Do you feel uh, distressed? And, or do you, are you able, like we've spoken already about, to, to sort of be aware that you're about to become heavily distressed? I'm going to remove myself from the situation. But what causes that? What, what's the, what, what are the biggest problems for so you? So I get really bad anxiety. Um, so for example, when I'm at work and there's some customers that can, let's say, be a bit unpolite. And because they're stressed, because they're, let's say they're late for an appointment, for example, and I'm trying my hardest to serve them and make sure that they're happy and doing the job that I should be doing. But when they're cross with something, they can get me quite upset. Mm. So I start crying. I can start like I have to apologize to the people and I go, I'm so sorry, I've got to take a couple of minutes just because I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Um, luckily, there's always a staff member right next to me. So he, he or she could just take one look at me and go, right, go and take five minutes. Because I literally have to go and step outside the staff room door, maybe go to the toilet, go to inside the kitchen or whatever and just breathe because, like have a sit down because um, once I've stopped crying, I'm absolutely fine. It's just sometimes I get really um, rude customers and because I don't quite understand what they're saying, they can just really stress me out. And it's, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit sad, really. So like, um, so you'd say that most often you're triggered by sort of rudeness and uh, the way people uh, treat you in a sense um, with like language and so on like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, of course, this will be different for everyone, like we've, like the things we've spoken about today. But how can someone best help you when you're in distress? Do you like to be left alone? Do you like a good cuddle? Like, um, and, and what is that like for someone with autism? How, how can we best help you if you are distressed? I think if I'm distressed, um, talking to someone, because obviously, like I said, I'm quite sociable. So talking to someone, whether that's a friend, whether that's mum or dad, um, or a family member, literally just having a little chat. Um, they don't cuddle me because they know that I don't like that. So I have to, um, unless I say to them, it's okay to hug me, but if not, they just don't. Um, but also, if I've had like a quite a stressed day at work, I just tend to hide in my bedroom 
I put a TV show on just to try and relax myself in the evening. And actually it does help because it means that my mind has sort of calmed down a bit. Um, a good early night's rest as well. And then the next day I'm absolutely fine. It's just sometimes when people put so much pressure on myself, it can really stress me out. And I don't like, I don't like that. I always have to take things one step at a time. I have to break things down in a way that I can actually um, understand. So if I know that I'm feeling a bit um, upset, I would just go and make myself a cup of tea. I would find something that I like, whether that's some grapes, some biscuits, um, and just like comforting food basically. And I would just, um, I absolutely love pets. So I have got three of them myself. I've got two cats and a dog and I would just cuddle them and um, they would just help me rest. And that's really good. Oh, that's so lovely. You know, it's very important. I think when your friends or family with someone of someone with autism, that you learn how to, um, how they like to be treated or responded to when, you know, they're getting upset or, you know, not in the best situation. Um, has someone ever, without naming the person or the place, has someone ever treated you really badly and what happened? Um, so like I said before, it's kind of exactly the same as what we mentioned before. Um, so where I work, um, we get these sort of rude customers and unfortunately um so for example i was telling because we've got a one-way system at the moment and i was saying to this customer really nicely to follow the one-way system and obviously they didn't like it so they said something really upsetting on the way back like back to me saying oh like something like to do a bad karma or whatever and even some of the customers were just staring at me as well thinking how rude that was and the person just walked straight out and um and I had to take a few moments um because I was starting to get a bit upset and the customers could see that and then afterwards I was absolutely fine I just I stayed strong and I just carried on and um and I think sometimes if it wasn't for my my amazing team you know um I've had so many other jobs where um, they either didn't have me for long or um, I've been at a position where something just wasn't quite right. But I stood, I, I stand up for myself and just went, right, right, I need to either leave this place, find somewhere else. And thankfully where I work at the moment, they are amazing. They are a brilliant team. They always make me happy and they make me feel like part of the team, basically. Like I started off from being a Christmas temp to now fully working and like I'm still doing part-time work, but where I'm at always just brings me joy and that's amazing. That's so fantastic to hear because I know you've not had the best experience in previous roles and it's so great you're just accepted for who you are and you know they give you the time when you need it, you know, and that's how that's how life should be, you know, inclusivity and making sure everyone's welcome you know it's just you know so fantastic to hear that you're in that position now yeah and exactly and they always give me like breaks when I need it so I of course I get a half an hour lunch break but also if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed they go right you want to take a 10 minute break and I go yes please and I always just go on my phone just to like or eat something and um especially do like over like an 
almost a nine hour shift and you're feeling so tired after doing one day and then you're like no I've got to keep pushing I've got to keep doing my job um but I love it I honestly love where I work and um yeah I just I don't know how many more years I'm going to be there but it's good because obviously it pays for everything it pays for my um like my living so if I want to go out somewhere obviously it pays for it at the moment it's paying for Christmas presents so <laughs> I can't really complain <laughs> no, that's fantastic to hear and talking about uh, all the things you're paying for I hear that you're doing your driving lessons you've graduated from university um you've got your obviously you've got your job as we've just been speaking about you know you're achieving all of these fantastic things and do you ever just sit there and just feel so proud of yourself because not you know you can't judge every person but I know that a lot of people who don't have the challenges that you have in life uh, and they haven't achieved like what you have you you're doing absolutely fantastic um how do you feel about you know all the things you've achieved I still feel like there has been days where I still don't believe in myself because I think it's just because because I can't see it and I can only hear it you know it's it's hard because of the amount of times people have said oh you're doing such an amazing job like especially with driving but because I can't see and I can't believe in myself it I lack of it and I know that I can get there eventually it's just that push of that confidence in actually going no you can do this yes it's going to take forever to get done but you get there in the end and that's um and that's one thing but like with uni you know I never thought I got there and getting the results after college I was like that's amazing like I actually got through and I went literally from secondary school to college to university now graduated and at the moment that I'm at that position that I'm still looking for a career job but we we all know that even if it takes five years ten years we'll I'll get there but um I've come such a long way and I think sometimes I've just got to be grateful for who I am um even if times have been tough where I've just cried I've you know I've sometimes I've become clumsy and drop things and break things but I know that I always pick myself up and just carry on. No fantastic you're such like a bright light in so many people's lives and I just wish that I could show you all the things that you've achieved and I wish that you know I, I could maybe we need to make like a mood board or something of <laughs> achievements because you've really done so much. And like now with your vlogging and I know you're working in different areas on social networking and lots of creative uh, creativity, you know, so, you know, what, what you're doing is absolutely amazing, especially during the pandemic, you know, yeah. we're still continuing to do. So um, no, definitely well done. You. YouTube has been um, something that I've absolutely adored um, because not only do I like, performing in it I also like doing the behind so for example today I went to a, a national trust um, with my mum and I took my phone with me and I just filmed a couple of little clips but to actually be able to edit it out put that together you know it just brings me happiness because I'm actually able to put things online and show people how hard I can actually really work um, I get really nice feedback as well which is great um, my channel is slowly growing which is good and I'm doing things that I love. I mean, it's hard when you've got, when you're in lockdown because you can't do a lot of things, but to actually just be able to go out somewhere and take the camera 
or take my phone with me and just film little clips you know it's still good actually no it's fantastic it's great to see and 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 watch your content and read it I know you've been doing some writing at the moment um so when you've been going through university and housing etc are there any companies or organizations that um can support people with autism so for example for uni um I went to learning support um I also had a mentor so I had two people so the mentor was there just to see how um how each of my day has been with what like doing coursework um I could talk about family life um anything that's been stressing me out or need or I need help with my learning supporter was there to help with the coursework my mentor did a little bit but she couldn't help me as much it was all down to me to actually pretty much get it all done but my learning supporter was there just to help me with my spelling my language my comprehension bits and pieces like that um like I had extendable um, deadlines as well. So they, it meant that I got an extra week or two just to get some of the coursework done if I was far behind. Um, they, we all had like, you know, days off and things like that. But with that, I was still at home working, um, doing the coursework. And also I was going to the library quite a lot and just sitting there with friends um, and just typing away when we did like creating like scripts and dissertation stuff, I was just sitting there typing away. Um, and what was amazing was I got all this equipment. So I currently have a laptop and I've had that now since the start of uni. Um, they also gave me like a dictaphone so I got recording lessons. I got a printer. Um, I got all that equipment and I basically, I got that for free. Like I didn't even, because I was part of the disability, um, I was getting the disability supporting allowance. So I was getting a little bit more money compared to other people. I was living at home as well. So that meant the traveling was much more easier. Um, but to have that equipment, it meant I could just bring it into uni. I could like set it all up and teachers would send me PowerPoints. So I could um, be prepared, ready for the lessons. So I could look back on it and go, oh, okay, this is what we're going to talk about today. Um, so I, was, I knew that I was pretty much all ready to go and um, and like I said like to actually be able to graduate and thought that I wouldn't get there you know it's an amazing achievement. That is really fantastic it's, it's great that um, like people with disabilities have access to that and you have the support you need and I hope that you know somebody listening who wants to find out more or know somebody with autism knows that these uh, services exist you know and there is there is support to get to help you through it um have you ever what what are the challenges when finding a job within the film tv and radio industry and have you ever felt like you've been discriminated against um it's it's difficult because obviously you know that there's thousands of people who apply for these certain jobs um but for me like for example i can say that when I applied for the Disney cultural representative program, I got through to the interview stage, which was amazing. So I actually got to travel all the way up to Essex um, and had an interview up there, got to meet new people, which was really great. Some of them I'm actually still in touch with on Instagram and social media, so that's great. But unfortunately, when th those people got through, I didn't and obviously I was devastated I was crying it was really sad 
Um, but at the moment, you know, networking is always important and I'm still on LinkedIn. I'm still trying my hardest to contact people. And luck I was very lucky in February before we had the lockdown. Um, I got to go to the BBC Radio 2, which was amazing. It was just for the day, but I got to see how a radio studio actually works and how they set it all up. And um, they didn't have any work experience available, but obviously we went into lockdown anyway, so there was nothing I can do about that. But, um, but I think for next year, I really want to just start fresh. I want to apply as many companies as I can. Um, and yeah, just anything I could just find on social media or when it, whenever it's like to do a BBC channel for ITV, just keep on applying and hopefully somewhere and hopefully somewhere will see, um, to see whether I can apply for interviews or bits and pieces like that. Absolutely. I mean, even to get, I know it's so difficult to even get to interview stage and within this industry, um, but you know, getting, getting to as much as possible and applying to much as possible is just fantastic learning experiences um, regardless you know and with your skills and personality I know that you're going to get snatched up nice and quickly so you know even if it does take a while though you know keep hanging in there yeah. and, um, I mean so I'm always applying for my seat like I'm always updating my CV I'm always making sure it's really nice and strong it's just unfortunately um, with certain amount of experience um, some people have been like so at the moment obviously I can't really apply for internships or apprenticeships because obviously I've graduated so it makes things a bit more harder um but I have like a split route so I, because I um so when I got my degree in college for musical theatre and stage management it means that I've got a backup for that if obviously film tv and radio doesn't exactly work and I think what brought me into actually really wanting to do media was um all these shows that i watch on tv whether that's graham norton show or um i'm a celebrity for example or like catchphrase tipping point the chase all those because they're entertainment and i can just sit there relax myself and actually think that is a place where i really want to be because i love seeing how how they um put it all together like certain dramas as well like one of my favourite shows at the moment is called um, His Dark Materials, which obviously is based on books. They did a film of it called The Golden Compass. And the whole production set is amazing with all these set design, costumes, lighting. And I think also having musical theatre, seeing things on stage as well and picking out little bits and pieces of how they do it. It all brings it all together. And um, so if I can't go to one area, I can at least try and go to the other area. Fantastic, no, exactly. Um, thanks so much for sharing all of that. That's really, that's really great to hear. Um, now, finally, do you have a message that you would like to send to people who, with autism or people who care for someone with autism? I really just think, you know, having that support um, and just, you know, just talking to people, meet them, you know, whether you're just going, take them out to I don't know like Eastbourne or Brighton or London you know just get to know them for who they are and find out what they're interested in because you never know that you might have a nice connection with them and um, you know doing activities as well whether it's um, going to the cinema or going shopping you know just 
you know, it's not really good, you know, sitting at home, not really doing anything. I'm more sociable, so I'm, I prefer actually arranging to meet up with people and organising these little trips and um, or like getting people to just come round and even if we're like, I don't know, like playing a game or something because, you know, it's important to actually, at this time, to actually spend time with your friends and family and just think, you know, everything happens for a reason and there's no reason why you can't give it give things a go absolutely thanks so much kathleen uh, it's been fantastic talking to you today and yeah thank you <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> real connection